1: Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, Rafa, how are you? Uh, you got on the road again, uh, doing the, was it John Denver? Uh,
2: the Willie Nelson. <laughs> on, the on the road again. Yep. That's yeah.
1: Road. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Willie Nelson, John Denver was "Take me home. There we go.
2: Country road. I'll
1: be, I'll be till Friday. <laughs>
2: John Denver also had a famous song where uh, he forgot he ran out of fuel in an airplane, and that was his last song, so there you
1: go. <laughs> uh, yeah. How are you? How's the uh, lower half of the, the valley there, the, the good half, Laredo, and not the R- upper half, RGV?
3: It's it's pretty warm. I was at United South today, so shout out to the folks who have supposed to meet today. Tomorrow I'll be doing some little some drop offs because I have testing tomorrow. I think a lot of the students will be taking PSATs and SATs tomorrow, so good luck to them. Get a good
1: score. And I will uh, shout out your background. Uh, It's almost as good as uh, Kayler's from Hammering Down in the USL show, where he does it in the car. (laughs) You've got the nice draperies in the back.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm here at a Best Western. And this is like my first time here. Normally I stay at Staybridge, but. At $250 a night for the state rate, no, no. we have a budget to keep. <laughs>
2: the, the title of the show just needs to be called the Sideswipe episode because Harry's just out for blood today. My goodness.
1: Yeah, I got Sideswipe in West Texas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Yeah, you told us about last week. Royce, it's been a, a couple of days uh, since we've seen you. Hopefully uh, things are doing well and life has uh, at least slowed down a little bit for you
2: yeah man um it's been good um shout out to pittsburgh i like pittsburgh it's very walkable they have a nice like Despite 25 the foot sidewalk on all ends of all three rivers so you could walk all around that city very walkable their soccer stadium football stadium and baseball stadium all right next to each other the hockey stadium's not that far away either um it's Nice. Um, had a good time there. Had a cold time there. Um, obviously went to the, we'll talk about the game. I'll talk about the game in a little bit. These are just introductions, but um, as far as me, I'm back. Uh, last week was hectic trying to get back in tune of things after the vacation and glad to be back. It was just, uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks, but we're back and uh, I looked up, and uh, not much has changed with the AFC. They're still on top. Weird. Hmm. Still, still the best team.
1: Things have changed with the yeah. Cardinals. Uh, they're with the Rockies. Uh.
2: <laughs> I mean, the sideswipe. So that's just. He's going for blood
1: tonight. <laughs>
2: Good lord, man.
1: <laughs> well, we but, why, but we know hurt. why. We know Robert isn't here is because it's even hurt. though his Vikings eked out a win, it looked a very Broncoish um as far as He's even gonna his
2: own team they looked a bronco ish
1: wow just Good. no mercy as, as a bronco fan it was embarrassing and then from my understanding they have another nationally televised game coming up very soon so i apologize after that game because you have a 10-day spot playing on thursday Fire him. Just say okay. Hey, we made a mistake. Go back to be an OC. We'll bring in somebody else. Um, uh, Matt Rola here's available now, but uh, <laughs> so.
2: I may need to contact yeah. my lawyer because uh, if they're back <laughs> on national television, rumor has it you can uh, uh, request compensation for, uh, oh. for English. So,
1: Matt, uh, any place that you've been to, or you know, you like me, kind of you know stuck here in San Antonio for a little bit.
4: Uh, I'm all right. Just chilling it out waiting to see what what goes on next year just hanging on san antonio
1: so i really wanted to have royce on he kind of already teased it about his experience in pittsburgh but uh, you know we'll let him talk about the pittsburgh game because he was there uh you know uh, in game environment and, and stuff like that here um kayler good match on sunday and there's no shame on being on the road uh, on the road background harry um, Kaler, um, we need to, uh, talk to you about your goalkeeping goal five. Um, let's just say Jordan far, uh, would have saved that. Uh, I'll just leave it at there. Uh, that, that third goal that you allowed in, nobody was stopping it, but, uh, awesome that you're doing it. And thanks for tuning in Kayler. Um, sorry for the interruption here. Uh, I don't know if you've caught, if you check, uh, Kaler's, uh, he, yeah, he plays rec goalie. Um, and. He had a, a GoPro, which uh, showed his, uh, his uh, saves. I think he had eight saves, which was good. I won't see what the score is, but uh, you know, let's just say he gave up a couple of goals uh, for the heron. And, and, yes, Jordan Farr is one of the nicest people uh, that, that you can meet uh, on and off the field is my understanding on how he interacts with both home and away fans. But uh, Royce, your thoughts on Pittsburgh? I know you kind of touched about the environment around it, but the in-game and and the environment that, that was provided there at, at Highmark Stadium. You got the train, you got the river, you got the rain. To me, you got the you know the, the whole package, and you got the three points. Uh,
2: it stinks. It's bad. No, I'm joking. Um, no, it was it was cool. Um, Pulling up. Let's see the Uber from our hotel was seven bucks. That helps. Um, We only stayed like a mile. We stayed uh, in the middle of the soccer stadium, the football stadium, the baseball stadium. So it was literally a mile to everything. Um, As you pull up, the facade's really nice as home of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Walk in, there's one little ticket booth. You walk in, Um, immediately you're greeted by uh, a little portable beer tub gyre with a uh, yingling. So I partake in a adult beverage as I walked in, which is nice. They had um, some food and a little gift shop to your left and then straight as the seats. So I just went uh, the bleachers are like high school football stadium ish mm-hmm. bleachers on the side that I stayed on as well as the far side where the supporters are at the other side of the field are kind of box seats, um, which is cool. They're like, I think it's, separated by four to eight seats and mm-hmm. they're little boxes. Uh, you can get seats on that side and the train is right behind you. I did see the train go by the bunch of river barges with coal were going down the river. It rained. It was windy. It's cold. Um, and a
1: Typical Northeast fall.
2: Yeah. And San Antonio FC proved that yes, they can do it on a cold rainy night in stokish conditions. So, <laughs> Man, it was it was cool. Um, as soon as I got there, like I said, I opened my beer, I was, I was drinking it. And um, I guess my report on the game is the one player that Marcina was giving, he was barking at the most, he was giving the most instructions. And I think because he is the key cog in the entire formation was Pirano. The entire time he was telling Christian back, Christian up, Christian wide, Christian, that's your man. The entire time, but I think that's because of how important that position is. That is the that is the key position to come back to defend. That is go up and attack, go press somebody. It's just a very key position. Um, So there are a couple miscommunications, a a couple missed assignments, and you know, Allen would in Allen fashion throw his hands up, (laughs) kind of there, like, "What do I have to do?" And I just went, "One of those, huh, Allen?" And he looked at me, he's like, "It is, man," and just turned around. Um, but I got there pretty much right as the second half started, um, about 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes after that is when the subs started coming in. Uh, Perano came out for, uh, Loeta awesome to see him back on the field after such a long layoff. And he came in it was immediately, um, incredible. He had a, a shot from about 30, 35 yards that needed to be tipped over the net that had a good save on it that, that had no reason to be even a good shot. Um, and then Nikki came in, changed the game. Um, uh, who else came in? Um, I think he had Saad come out. Mm-hmm. So um, you had uh, – the, the subs really did change the game and they really changed the atmosphere. Uh, and that's kind of what really separated Pittsburgh from San Antonio was – the first half, I, I saw it on the cab from the airport to the hotel. It was a slog. Um, it was very representative of the weather. It was just cold. It was uncomfortable. We didn't look like we can get anything going. Um, the ball was bouncing funny. That was one thing I noticed. Their turf, um, they have a very similar turf to what's in the, the Alamo Dome. It's kind of that long, fibrous. It's supposed to look like long grass. But the problem the problem with it is if you don't, you're supposed to brush it. So Turf management There's little beads You put beads in there And they hold the grass up And then you're supposed to brush it To also keep the grass up If you don't do that Plus if it gets wet It's just flat It might as well be astro turf It might as well be a wood floor And that's kind of what the ball was acting like It was just bouncing so, Bouncing and bouncing Taylor's was
1: agreeing flat. with you That the post turf is it, awful
2: Yeah um, Players were slipping all over the place Because even the The one or two inch spikes That the players were wearing still couldn't get traction because it was just, it was gross. Um, Nobody can get really good traction. Obviously Pittsburgh was very used to it. Um, So they had some pretty good sequences that, um, that needed a a far save and shout out to Jordan. He gave me his, uh, he he already given away his gloves, his uh, jersey. So he gave me his undershirt. So shout out to Jordan. Thanks for that. Um, But it needed some deserved save from him and, and he was up to the task and, another clean sheet got another there. Uh, manley's goal was unbelievable um, kind of came out of nothing uh, came out of a hustle play from uh, um, uh was it oh, maloney yeah.
1: Yeah, maloney to uh, oh,
2: maloney. maloney that's right it was maloney maloney with the hustle play big surprise uh, yeah um and then uh Nikki with the cross into manley who backheeled it off of a pittsburgh defender but it was on net and One nothing, that's your goal. Um, it was pretty, but it was ugly. Uh, and it was three points. Uh, and I don't care how you get it, you get those three points, it's important. And it was great. Uh, they had the uh, I didn't see it, but in the locker room, they had the little um, the uh,
1: supporter shield,
2: supporter shield, medicine ball thing, USL natural grass requirement. Uh, that's I think that's a, a, a bar too far. Um, right there's let's get people you
1: know in, in soccer right. specific stadiums first before we start. That's uh, correct, that's 100% correct. There, there's um, some matching grass fields, <laughs> uh,
3: quote unquote, Las Vegas and El Paso. Right. Not
2: too far. Yeah, uh, but real quick, review the stadium. I kind of went into the game, review the stadium. It's nice, it's not Toyota Field. Absolutely not, Toyota Field. It's um, Like I said, the the stands and the bleachers were definitely high school football-ish. The other side's really nice, but it's only one row.
1: Like, right, and it's new. It's not a lot that's of seats,
2: that's because there's a train right behind you. I get it. And also, you don't want to cut off the view of the river. I mean, that's half the reason you're there. Um, but it's nice. Uh, the turf turf could use some replacement. Possibly grass would be nice, especially it's in Pittsburgh. You can have nice bluegrass up there. It doesn't get that hot. Um, but... Um, the stadium was nice, man. Like the concessions, all the concessions were on that one side uh, behind the stands. They had bathrooms and they had a couple like pop up little concession stands behind the um, the stands. But the big thing was the entrance slash what would that be? The north end of the field. Um, you had basically a restaurant there. You had a nice gift shop. Their gift shop is full. I'm jealous of that gift shop. It is incredible. It was like walking in. I mean, when I went to Wrigley earlier this season, just all of the stuff, when I went to the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, gift shop, um, just full of everything you can think of, pennants, balls, jerseys, all the jerseys, all the jackets, blankets, everything. It was great. It was fully stocked, all the merchandise. I'm jealous of that. That was the big thing that I will come away that I'm jealous of. Pittsburgh food, it's eh, eh, fine. It's fine. Um, food's a lot better um the beer i like engling i think san Antonio beer is better um with uh with alamo and with freetail and everything you get here i just think the selection is better it's just better quality um but that gift shop that's the thing that i will go away saying damn i wish we had that um which is kind of weird um
1: but it's not weird like it, when the energy we're playing it, like, that's the
2: gripe that a lot of people have about san antonio fc is where's the merchandise? Like that's a big way to get the word out there. That's how you availability get availability of the merchandise. That. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: so,
2: um, but that's, that's kind of what I took away from it. Uh, people at Pittsburgh were really nice um, except for one person that I'll mention here in a little bit, but um, I did get to meet uh, Sam, a brother who had driven from Philly, which is apparently a six hour drive. Unbelievable. Um, to go see his brother play. Um, so I got to meet um, uh, his brother, yeah.
1: Taylor said uh, the battery gift shop is incredible,
2: the best he's ever seen. So, I want to buy the uniforms. That's a trip I need to make. I, I, my wife and I talk about going to South Carolina uh, just to go on vacation to go check it out. So, all right,
1: we'll um, wrap it up but, so we can we can move on. Yeah, yeah to- I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely taking time. I'm I'm doing the full <laughs> book report crap here. Um, I mean, just just to, to wrap up. I know. My bad. My bad. It's like I haven't <laughs> talked to y'all in like two weeks period. And so I'm just talking to y'all. We're recording the show at the same time. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. Um, great experience. Uh, it should be on everybody's, uh, road Buffett trip. List. It should be on everybody's road trip for sure. It was awesome. Um, but anyway, shout out to the Pittsburgh people, in Pittsburgh. I had a couple of people come up to me and say, Hey, are you from San Antonio? Like, yeah, just got here, man. Um, just flew in and you know support my team they're like oh that's awesome and had questions and we talked but there's one person that as you know we hit a one i'm waving my flag i'm proud i'm having a great time dude leaves and and like kind of a side swipe and the corner of his eye goes i can't think of a more s-hole city than san antonio and walks off (laughs) first of all you're in pittsburgh like get some perspective and second of all (laughs) Jog on three points. SFC. Let's
1: go. So Kaylor uh, said Charles Stadium is rough. Don't treat for mosquitoes at all. But the food and gift shop are awesome and the view is unmatched, even over Pittsburgh. And uh this especially this well, this year, uh rough viewing for Charleston uh for that here as yeah. far as if you're a fan. So
2: but they're they're doing the, the Tulsa rebuild as well. So we'll yeah. see how their rebuild goes. They didn't get our, our buddy Sam Dewar, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, so uh shout out to uh uh Kayler as well. Um said the beer was given to us by the SAFC supporters and Jonathan, which were Jenny and Mike Check. Uh were awesome. Uh, they are our super fans traveling. They made the trip to Birmingham, which is where we're gonna talk about next, uh, for that here and uh Luckily, uh, San Antonio backed up my trash talking to Kaylor all week. Cause, uh, <laughs> I was a little bit worried. I won't lie. Yeah, but uh, Just a nervy moment. <laughs> but uh, no, San Antonio came away uh, with the win. But uh, let's start out with uh, with the lineup. Uh, I don't think anybody had this lineup uh, going in. Baloney, a line up top. Uh, Diop, Pirano. That this uh, was not on
2: my bingo card. No
1: uh, Mbela, Delem, Gomez, Manley, Camiri, Garcia, and far. So outside of the back four, um, I don't think, and maybe per uh, Prano, I think most everybody would have pick, uh, penciled in. I don't think anybody had the midfield, uh, like that or in the, and I guess Jack, uh, Jack Lynn's been starting here, you know, been getting more minutes and Nacho. Uh, but, uh, your thoughts on the lineup there, uh, we'll start with you, Matt, uh, the surprises. So, out was uh, uh, Connor Maloney, uh, who was not on the injury report, but was out. PC uh, Abu, um, I'm trying to think who else was out. Uh, Sam uh, Sam Dinnarin was out. Um, obviously, Tainter was game two of the suspension, so he'll he'll be back uh, most likely for Orange County because uh, I can't see him not giving him some minutes before the season ends uh, for that here. But uh, your thoughts on the lineup?
4: I mean. I'm not shocked. I mean, it's the old Marcino way, just trying to give everybody out there. And uh, well, I mean, there's what what combination can't he do? That's the question we all have to ask. Like, what, there's no combination that hasn't failed him yet. Hopefully, but but uh, no, nah, I I wasn't. I was expecting something way left field like this. So.
1: I mean I, you I wasn't expecting roster rotation like this because to me this was this was a heavily rotated roster with the exception of the back line and, and the goalkeeper. Um in, in my opinion. And I thought with them going for the points, um the most wins on the road. because um, Marcina all through the week, because I think we even discussed that last Thursday. Of it sounds like San Antonio's is going for all the wins, and yeah, they got the win, but to to me, you know, as Kay, you know, as, as Jonathan, you know, I mentioned, uh, you know, with Kayler, it was a C lineup. I said it was, I said it was a B a B B lineup. But uh, um, your thoughts, Rafa, on the uh, lineup? <clears throat> I had a
3: feeling they may do something like that, but you know, you mentioned about trying to get the most points and most wins. We probably thought, like, hey, you know, let's keep the momentum, keep our guys there, to keep. And that's because we are going to get a buy and, you know, we don't really want them to really sit down, but, you know, I think, I think Marcina's philosophy is the next man up. And that's, that's been the case here this whole season, you know, when someone's down, the next person takes over and we, and we don't see a drop in play. That's the, that's the big thing. This, this season is from last season that, you know, when we sub somebody, the level of play doesn't go down. It stays the same or it goes up. And some players have brought up that level of play a, a lot more and, and you know, it's just a, it was a good opportunity for some of those bench players to kind of show what they could do, and and also have them ready because you never know if there's an injury in a, in a playoff game, so forth. They're ready to go, and we won't miss a beat. And like I said, it, it was I think we had to, you know it was still I don't know, you can call it a C, I guess it, it was like the B lineup B team, but hey, the B team can probably take on you know compete against our A team. So we're you know we're ready
1: to go for Sunday. And thank you, Kayler, for tuning in. And like I said, here, I'll catch the USL show probably on the rebound because we'll probably be going at least another hour um, because I have a film. This was Royce taking 20 minutes on his uh, uh, book report to Pittsburgh. Um. (laughs) You asked. Well, we were supposed to have you on last week. <laughs> I know, I know, dude. I got in so late on Tuesday, and you were like, "Oh, we're gonna record." I'm like, "Oh, there's no." Guy. Uh, so, no, it's fine. Uh, your thoughts on the lineup here? Uh, you know, like said here, you know, kind of echoing what uh, Matt and uh, Rafa thought. Or you were, were you as shocked as I was?
2: I was hoping that there'd be a lot of um, rotation for sure, especially after we clinched. Um, you don't want to see your starters go right back out there especially on another, you know, another field like that. Um and I, I'm I'm happy they um rotated uh the the three players that I really did want to see what they would offer in the positions that they played was Jufe, Dilem, and um um Jordan, um Ambiala. Ambiala. Why can't I think of his last name? I I Bila is his last Iambila. name. Bila. That's why cuz you said it wrong. Um i am bela that that those are the those are the three i wanted to see that you know we signed and that had you know i wanted to see where they were at i also wanted to see beckford um as a 10 because that role is becoming more defined to see and and like i was saying on twitter to um um the chelsea fan i can't think of his name man um I don't think it's – or maybe it was Mark I was talking to, but I don't think it's an – it's obviously not an effort issue with Beckford. He has all the effort in the world. He has all the speed in the world. I think it's just that the system, the 10 position that we signed him for just doesn't fit his game. I think he wants to go forward too much, and there's too much responsibility to to come back and to press. Um, And he can – Beckford can press. We've seen that, and Beckford can go forward. I just don't know him uh, coming back. And part of his danger, if you remember – in the Phoenix match, well, the Phoenix match at home, one of the big things that we were missing was somebody to go forward and to elongate, you know, get their line back to get some pressure off of us. That's where we needed Beckford. And when we're chasing a goal where we needed Beckford, like we were chasing, uh, was it against Monterey? Um, yeah. and he went between the two defenders and got the cross that ended up going in for the, the game-winning goal. That's when you need Beckford. Um, and, you know, knock on wood – Thankfully, we haven't really been in those situations. Um, but at the same time, I really wanted to see what Juve had, and he looked solid um, mm-hmm. all the park. The um, limb really held that sixth position. He really held the mo position very well, and that really gave me some confidence that, okay, okay, it doesn't have to be Abu all by himself. We got the limb back there, and he looked solid. And Yimbala looked pretty damn good on the left as well. Um, he had some... Um, he wasn't as effective as Shannon Gomez on the right, but he still made some plays that really opened up, um, Birmingham, um, there on the left side. So it was encouraging, uh, for sure, um, to see that rotation. And then Jack didn't look too bad and Nacho's going to Nacho, man, guys, incredible, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I mean, it ended up being a really good lineup at first I saw it and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be some wackadoo stuff. We'll see what we do. And they look damn good against uh, early. Obviously, there's some growing pains, but they ended up with a pretty solid match against a pretty highly ranked Eastern Conference team. So,
1: and I want to thank uh, Robert for joining the show. Uh, you know, um, you know, I'm so happy that is, uh Minnesota Broncos eked out a win and, and made Minnesota
2: a- Broncos. Wow, wow, and- good lord! I will say real <laughs> quick, all over the all over a bunch of Pittsburgh bridges, especially the one that leads directly to used to be Heinz Now it's Akersher. I still can't say it right. Um, Whole bunch of little Vikings skulls that were graffitied on the bridge with skull underneath it. And I (laughs) took a picture and sent one to him. Like you guys are just vandals. So pretty Uh, funny.
1: When the Vikings make um, Justin Fields look like an NFL quarterback. I, dude, I'd love for the Broncos to play against that weak Yikes. defense, but uh, that, that's a different show. Yikes! <laughs> uh, so let's do the highlights here. Um, I would have loved to see—just be honest with you—for you know, for the camera work with the sun and stuff. I'd have loved to see the game at night as opposed to a four o'clock kickoff, uh, Central Time, uh, for here because it made. The game looked a little bit Vegas-like uh, as far as on the video production, but uh, let's take a look. Uh, San Antonio and their
0: change whites. I know the video's out. Black, and we are oh. underway from Protective oh. Stadium. The first minute of today's contest. San Antonio and their change whites, Birmingham Legion, in black. And we are underway from Protective oh. Stadium. The first minute of today's contest presented by Flevio. You do it before they can even set the ball
1: down and, and, and I already know we're gonna have a disagreement here coming up. So I'll probably be outvoted, but uh to find
0: Sitters, a sandu goes to ground and the referee gets a penalty.
1: It's a PK. It is watch, it goes right through him. Bam. Yeah, foul. I'm not sure if
0: yeah. the ball there and he's coming into the back.
2: Here's the thing, though. Shannon gets position, and the player runs into him. But Shannon gets position between the ball and the player. Not a foul. Not a foul.
3: Disagree with that.
2: Continue. He took
3: a dive. Like, it took a dive like Tom Brady <laughs> this weekend. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a 50-50 ball there, you know, and they're both going for the ball. I mean, they're shoulder to shoulder, but, uh, uh, you know, the ref may have been at a bad angle, and maybe that's why I think – Well, the ref would have been
1: on the side of the Legion player. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ref was on that side of the play.
3: So I think that's why he gave him the PK, because it probably looked a lot worse than it really did there.
1: All I know is if it was a San Antonio player that got fouled like that, we would be asking for the PK. Just being honest.
2: Would we have Matt, gotten the PK? No, we wouldn't have. But we would have been arguing for it. Yeah,
1: yeah you're not wrong about that. <laughs> I want Matt, a PK. Your, Matt, your thoughts?
4: <laughs> I mean, it's like Rafa said. It's a fifty-fifty ball. It could have. I think it could have went either way. But it just. It, really, I like, yeah. That's, it could have gone either way. From the angle that, that we're seeing it, it could go either way.
1: So, and of like, course,
4: you can tell he's the ball there and he's into the he kind of did lean into it if he if he's falling like that. It's Santos against
0: Jordan Far for the spots.
1: A well-taken PK. And, you give him yeah.
0: and Birmingham Legion in front here early in Birmingham on this Sunday. And Jordan
3: guessed right, but the placement by Santos was is-
1: and over there was Kaler.
3: Almost into
0: the roof he winds up.
1: Right there is Kaler standing up. Right here.
0: Almost into the roof of the Nets. Very well taken penalty.
1: Lopez back out the other side to Dean who's been involved early. Two former SAFC <laughs> players. Uh penalty, penalty area. His shot Lopez and Haravell played in this D. game for Birmingham. Thought they played all right.
0: And Garcia. Garcia with a serve. It's oh. flicked and Van Okel makes the play.
1: So
3: dirty. Uh, Nacho almost had the goal of the week there.
1: No, that was Jack.
3: Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. here. <laughs>
4: Man. Impact on
2: the San Antonio team so far this year. He he showed more growing into this game than he has before, sure, which is kind of the point why he's any, out man. there, and why he's the constantly again. out there is to get that experience with the team. And it's a similar <laughs> thing why pirano has been playing every match. Is the more Jack and the more Pirano have been on the field, the better they have looked, and they're just exponentially getting better. And
1: I, I think
3: for I think for Jack it, I think for Jack it was more. Adjusting to the speed of the game, the physicality to, as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's what he's not what he accustomed to from MLS next is there's a big gap between USL Championship and MLS next. You know, you're playing with the big boys here, and but he's improved each week. I think he's he's finally getting comfortable.
1: Robert and Van, whatever, has a body like Homer Simpson. He's a hell of a goalkeeper, though. <laughs> it's like he had one too many
3: Budweisers there.
0: <laughs> Rising nice and high, and Oakle for the That two-inch vertical. Grab on and keep hold of that one.
4: He didn't really have
3: to die for that one. He could have cut on his feet. <laughs>
4: hey, it made him look good. Whatever helps, man. I guess that's for the poster. Garcia,
1: prime for a What start. a what a shot! But a
0: bad one. It gets in. Oh, San Antonio have leveled. It's,
3: those shorts, and Garcia, it's those a shorts. short, Damon Garcia. It's a little short. Look,
0: it was a short. Ignacio by to tie the match one apiece.
3: The short short connection
0: here.
1: The balls that Garcia can get, he hasn't got it on the on the free kicks as of yet, but the assists have just been outstanding. He had two of them that could have been goals in this one.
2: That's another thing that I'll say about um, the Pittsburgh match. Is, uh, it's fun to uh, pay attention to Marcina and what he's telling Fabian and what he's telling everybody as far as the set pieces go. Um, at, at one point, um, he just kind of told Fabian, like he was like, Fabian, Fabian. He goes, if anyone's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> for goal,
0: <laughs> he almost had it. it was, so uh, next Goal wins, the little one from the training ground
2: keeper at a really there. good save on. There
0: we go. Second forty-five starts now. Time for Protective Stadium. Sierra <laughs> <laughs> brings the, the ball
1: in. A
0: couple of changes for San Antonio. No changes yet for Tom Zorn and Birmingham Legion.
1: And then we're gonna get to a point. I know Kayla isn't with us anymore, Uh, but right. if you listen to his show, show and away, his is uh follow him on twitter um and i went on late last week uh talking about
0: service how maybe
1: the maybe their coach has kind of got him as far as he can get and they need somebody to take him to that next step like marcinez took you know took SAFC, where pal got them to where they were knocking on the door and stuff like that. So
0: Hernandez does it for who scores.
3: Good to see Patino back. I'll admit,
1: I didn't expect to see him or Dylan back. I'll admit it.
2: Agreed. But when Patino comes back from injury, the man is deadly. But so that's his second goal in the first game back from injury that he's had this season. Yeah, he did, he did he it at Monterey Bay, and he
1: does
0: it of space. And what an assist team.
1: by Nicky, though. Yeah. That's the thing that stuck to me. And
0: he finds it.
3: Yeah, and I really think he could have taken like, that shot, right but just he just saw Patino no maybe had a time. better that angle it's, it's and it's just gave that, the road, path, that it little dump off
0: pass time. for him.
3: And that goalie had no chance to stop that shot.
1: Okay. Oh, where did I get that? Yeah. So, looking at the stats of the game here. I had the page up and they took it down that was sunday possession wise um obviously san antonio didn't win but it was fairly close uh 55 to 45 uh birmingham had, had 10 shots three on target we had 15 six on target um they had six corner kicks we had one we were offsides three times we only had nine fouls and they had 16 two yellow cards to them one yellow card for us um uh, passing. Uh, Rafa's still not going to be happy. They, are, they were at 67%. We were at 64%. Uh, we had 17 clearances, 17 interceptions, 14 tackles. They had 16, 4, and 13. To me, it was a typical San Antonio FC match. I will say from, from um, the Birmingham Legion side, they, you know, at least from uh, from Kaylor's point of view, uh, trying to see if I can find the message here. Da-da-da. Was that basically he felt that Birmingham and through this coach wasn't set up to win. It was more, Hey, let's just kind of set back. And, and I think if you look at the, um, Look at the uh, uh, momentum side there. When when Birmingham scored their goal in the first half, that was their biggest kind of area. And then once you know San Antonio got their goal, basically through the second half, it, it was it was all San Antonio. Um, you know, for that here in the second half, they only had three total shots, one on target. Um, their lineup that they felt uh, wasn't the most attacking side. Um, so your thoughts on teams and especially where Birmingham needed the three points, uh, to be able to try to move up in the standings, your thoughts on teams kind of sitting back and trying to absorb and, and really trying to avoid letting San Antonio FC do the, you know, do the counters any thoughts on that here, as far as the, the strategy of, of playing San Antonio FC? I guess it seems it's not to be working
3: for them because <laughs> you really can't game you can't really game plan against us because it depends on the lineups we put out there. You know, I'm sure they were shocked with the lineup we put out there and then boom, we put Dylan and Pacino up there. Now we're a little more offensive, and then you have Larrero in. You know, that's a different change of pace. So, you know, them being tied knowing that they had you needed know, those three points, you know, they couldn't really sit back. But when we added that extra pressure from you know from our normal starters, you know it just kind of threw their plans out of the out of the out of the picture, and we were able to take advantage of that. So I, I think that's something I'm noticing these few weeks. Can they game plan against us? Not really, because we can hit you with any different lineup, and we can. I think Marcina was starting to realize, you know, he's putting the right guys for, against the teams that we're going to face against and we're taking advantage of, you know, they can't take advantage of us on that, and we're taking advantage of it. And that's and it's paying dividends.
4: I don't even think it's just the lineups. I think it's <clears throat> once they see sub, the subs come in, I feel like these past two teams, they just shut down, thinking, oh, well, now they're going to kick it up a notch. Now we have to, like, step back and try to think this through before something else happens. But obviously they're not they're
1: not pulling out. Well, I don't think, I think San Antonio is the deepest team in the league, period. I think they're deeper than Louisville. I think they're deeper than Tampa. Um, obviously, I think they're deeper than than San Diego, who's probably the closest. Uh, well, San, San Diego, Sacramento is probably the closest in, in the West. But, it, you, know, you know, when I was t- talking with Mongols, I think that's the difference between, like, Pittsburgh and Birmingham is when you bring on the, the players, it's – you know, typically there's a little bit, little bit of dip, or if you're starting a backup player and bringing on a starter, um, you know, th- there's just that dip where what this is, what 33 games San Antonio has played and 33 different lineups. And, you know, they, you know, they, they keep, they keep rolling Royce, your thoughts on uh, the Legion match.
2: Sorry, trying to look up some stats. Um Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to see that a team that tries to set up a low line against us that wants us to possess when we don't want to really possess and still kind of runs into the buzzsaw. Um, it's definitely a good test for San Antonio. Um And it's something that we're probably going to see in the playoffs, Um, especially since we're going to be at home, we're going to be, you know, the, I guess the favorite going through the playoffs.
1: Um Not a guess. We are the favorite. There's,
2: so, um,
1: you may not like the role, but you can't. No, it is if, not. If, no, if you're going to set the the single gonna, season uh, record for points,
2: but we'll see if other teams try to implement the same system. And that's kind of what I was figuring is you know we'd get a lot of teams that are going to have that low line that mm-hmm. try to make us break them down, and then they try to counter on us. Um, and that's kind of what we saw here. And it's good practice. We'll see what uh, Orange County does. I think Orange County is going to do very much the same thing. They'll probably be in their typical. I'm pretty sure they're in a typical 4-2-3-1 or 4-2-2 two, two, or 4-3-3, three, three, which is just about the same thing with and, uh up front. Um, trying he to count. not
1: play the – he didn't play the last match.
2: Oh, did he not? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, but uh, we'll see how they come out, but I think it's going to be kind of a similar thing. We're going to have to break them down, and, and it'll be good a, a good run-up. Um, to get to the playoffs against whoever we're going to end up um, facing. Um, but, I mean, like we, like you said, we are the deepest team, and it's not <laughs> that we've had a, a roster of this size. This is the typical roster size we normally have. We just happen to hit on every signing that we've had, which kudos to Tim Holt, kudos to Sport, Spurs Sports Entertainment, and kudos to Alan Marcina. Um, and Juan La Madrid and whoever else is scouting um, the other, you know, potential players. Um, just, I mean, nailed it in one on all these signings. It's been crazy how good they've been. So, and and like I said, this isn't out of the ordinary for roster size for uh, San Antonio FC. It just it just so happens that everything's kind of hitting and the team looks good. Um, so.
1: It's all universal puzzle pieces.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Seeing what fits together, and so far, it's fit. It's look good. So. so
1: here's a question for you guys, and and this might be better off for two weeks from now, but when it comes to the playoffs, do you think Marcini goes with a more set lineup, or do you think he, you know, assuming injuries aren't an issue, um, or do you think he keeps rotating players and, and rotating lineups? I think, I think he's gonna do. do- I think it depends who we play. I,
3: I think that's the big thing is who we play is who you're going to see on the field. Cause you can say, we've gone through so many lineups. I think his strategy is I'm going to put the right heading on the side of the play. The other team has, I'm going to put the players that can neutralize that, you know, so we could see literally see Patini come off a bench uh, from a playoff game. That's a possibility, you know, possibility. And, you know, it's, I, I think the back three would probably be Tainer, Garcia, and and uh, um, and Manley. I think I think those probably are your your consistent ones. Maybe 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 Kimmary may Depending on situation, maybe Camiri will come in for Manly Who knows? Um, like I said, Shannon Gomez could be. You know, he's interchangeable too, as far as it, depending on what style of play we, we go against, and even Larrera and Pirano too. I mean. I think I think PC and Abu were probably going to be, and Malone are probably going to be our consistent or
1: the, the ones. I disagree with see. you on that though. I, because if you look Abu and, and what the work rate that they do is different than uh, Loretta and um, Nikki Hernandez. Because to me, Nikki Hernandez, his play to me, you've got to also start wondering. You know, is, is he going to be kind of that super sub that comes on in the second half, or has he earned you know possibly a little bit more, you know, of a shot at the start at the starting lineup, depending on where he fits in? Obviously, you're not replacing both Abu and PC, but when Nikki comes onto the pitch, they're a different team offensively, <clears throat> and I don't think they lose that much defensively either.
3: But you know how Marcina is as far as he's a very defensive coach and so he's going to put his best defense. But look, you're right. You know, Nikki does have more of an offensive factor in his play and he does make a, a difference when he's in there because he does like go up with the ball and does, you know, give the passes more, maybe more than PC or Abu and so forth. But, you know, Abu and PC are more of our defensive muscle in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like I said, that's, that's the scary part going into this. Playoffs, you know, for the other teams, they, they just don't know how to game plan against us because we just, we're just too deep and we can hit you with any lineup and it's, and it can throw off the other team's game plan and, and we, we got you in. So that's, I think that's, you know, that's what I see going into, you know, to this play, you know, two weeks into the playoffs. It's going to depend who we play, whether it's, you know, RGV or we have, we have a, you know, Sacramento. You know, we're going to figure something out. You know, as far as who what lineup's going to be on there. I don't
4: think necessarily it, it depends on who it is. I just think he's just going to keep switching up regardless, because he doesn't want he doesn't want to have a set set like okay, this is this is the lineup. We remember how they, how we saw them play against that. I think he's just going to keep you on your toes and just keep going with different lineups. I mean, the better off that you're not aware of. Who, who's where. I feel that's how we've been doing, and it's been doing pretty good for us. If not, I would say excellent.
2: I'm going to go and disagree with you there. Um, I think there is a set lineup that Marcina has. I think we've seen it. Um, I'm pretty confident it's going to be, if everybody's healthy, health has everything to do with it, but it's going to be Camiri, It's going to be Fabian on the right. It's going to be um, Mitch Damn. on the left. Uh, far left, uh, the winger is going to be Maloney. Far right it's going to be Shannon. In the middle, you'll have PC and Abu. Uh, uh, and then the three up top, you're going to have Pirano kind of have that hybrid 10 slash seven as a winger. And then you're going to probably have Sam and whoever Sam's partner is. I think that's the open thing. And I think as of right now, it's probably Nacho. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see i mean we'll see i'm sure jd is going to get a nice run um in this in the orange county match coming up i'm pretty sure santee's going to get a nice run and jack's probably going to get a nice run too and i think those i think those are the positions the two forwards are the ones most in question i think sam has one nailed on automatic starter i think the other one's questionable don't forget collier
3: we're missing collier too
2: and you're, yeah, hopefully he's healthy and hopefully you have him available as well. I think the the thing that people are vying for positions is who's going to sub in. So, I mean, you're going to have Jordy that's going to get ready to come into the midfield. Um, obviously, the Fords are going to be a big thing. Loera right now is is the backup for um, Pirano. Um, so those are kind of more who's vying for who's going to sub in late and come in for um, – for uh, reinforcements, like I said, Jordy in the midfield. Um, and then uh, you'll have Loera Salaam come in.
3: On the defense. Right.
2: So, yeah, and then Saad is going to get ready to go in the back. Manley is going to get ready to go in the back. So uh, you just you have to prepare for that. And I think those are the positions that are most in question, and those are the guys that are going to get the most playing time to s- so Allen and the coaching staff can see who has the form, who's working well with the squad right now.
1: Yeah, I'm over here trying to get the other thing here. So Orange County, will probably touch on a preview. It's the last match, but I think, uh, you know, to me, it's it's one of those things. And, and we saw this last year with Matt. How much players do you want to risk uh, possibly getting injured, um, you know, for that here? So, but records that San Antonio is shoot, shoot, uh, shooting for. This is from San Antonio FC um, with an update by the Crocketeers. And also, just to make sure I give proper credit, the uh, uh, game highlights was by uh, YouTube, uh, USL Championship, and uh, for that here, so just to give proper credit to them. Wins, we're tied with Phoenix right now at 24. One more, we will have the most wins. Uh, We're still third in total points. Uh, One, we tie FC Cincinnati's uh, the year they crushed the league, uh, despite not winning a playoff game, but that's a whole separate discussion. Um, And 78 points is the record by uh, rising. So if they get the three points, they'll own that. Points per game, um, just looking at it right now, we're tied at second at 2.3. The most we can get is 2.32. So Orlando City uh, will still hold the points per game uh, back in 2012. Roadwinds, uh, we've equaled uh, the Red Bulls and we will not be going out on the road again and shutouts uh, we'll see if far uh, gets the shutout record against Orange County um, so seeing all the records and, and you know th- that they're going for here um, Royce your kind of thoughts on the Orange County match what you're what you're looking for what kind of lineup do you anticipate? Um, obviously, we're expecting a, a decent sized crowd. Uh, I think most people you know, would estimate, uh, you know, to kind of celebrate uh, the Copa Shield, uh, from my understanding is rumored to be uh, possibly being given out. Uh, we'll see if USL has a s- supporter shield or regular season shield. Uh, they used to pre COVID. We'll see if they have one now, um, as opposed to there. So, Royce, you're the, the pre-match uh, Orange County preview uh, for your view, uh, what you got?
2: Yeah, so my preview, like I said, kind of like I was going into, I think this is going to be more of a match to see who the um, top spot for the subs are going to be. So you're going to get a lineup of, I wouldn't doubt if DeLem starts again. Um, I wouldn't doubt if Atez is also up there. And I wouldn't doubt if, well, Pirano just needs playing time in general, like we've discussed. Jack is probably going to be one of the Fords. I don't know if he gets Sam out there. I think Sam gets a rest, and I think you're probably going to have Nacho out there. So it's probably going to be Nacho and Sam – or Nacho and uh, Jack. I'm sorry. Um, And then out out wide left, you might get a a Yimbela. I I think he held his own, and I think he did a serviceable job. I don't think you want Maloney out there at all. I think Maloney, PC, and Abu, I think their next game is going to be the playoff match um, or the, the next playoff match.
1: Is that too um, much time off
2: though? I don't, I think they, those three, no, no. Those three uh, are, they get, they're, fine. they're fine. If you remember, we had the two week um, little break, I guess, one week break, two weeks between the COVID, games, yeah. whatever you want to call it in the middle of the summer. Those three are the three players that came out firing. Everybody else was a, a little step behind. Those three did not lose a beat at all. So I don't have any qualms with those three sitting, resting, and getting ready for this run. Um, at the same rate, like I said, they could be ready to come and sub in. Maybe get 20 minutes at the end just to get a little run up. Um, Loera, like I said, is going to start. is probably going to come in late um, in the back. You'll probably you might see Saad on the right. You might see a on the on the left. Um, but we'll see. And the back line, back line may have sod as well. It, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it'll, it'll what be the? Th- I'm guessing it'll be the thirty third different formation. Thirty four fourth. Games, fourth. Thirty so. fourth. No, it'll be no. We've had the same lineup once. Right. Last this game, is the final match. Game, thirty game thirty four. Last game. Yeah, I know the last game we had the thirty second unique formation in thirty three games. Last game was a thirty third game. This time, it'll be the 33rd unique formation, 34. We have only had the same formation once um, between games. I can't name you those games. I will. I will find that. I will dig the research. That's what I was trying to check out right now. That's probably do it. the first two. So, but we have had the same formation, starting formation, once this entire season for, for two matches. Yeah,
3: I think uh, I think Tanner sets out on, on this game. I, I believe.
2: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I don't yeah. think Tanner's out there. I, I would agree with that. He probably. Get I think.
1: I think. Uh, I think you see Tainer's playing, dude. No, he actually, no. Two weeks.
2: Because he had the last two games off because of suspension. You're right. Tanner plays because he had the last two games because of suspension. He so will probably
3: see Tanner Garcia, maybe Camiri or Manley, one of those four combinations. I think
2: it's going to most likely be Garcia and Manley out there with Tanner. I I think Camiri gets a rest. Camiri's had some injury issues. I think he gets the rest. And then with a the hamstring, right? Correct, yeah. correct. And you'll probably see Saad sub in for a long. late. Um, like I said on on the wings. Uh, Shannon might start. He may come off at halftime. Ayembola probably starts on the left. Might play. He probably plays the whole match. And then on the right, you'll get um, – we'll see who ends up on the right side. And maybe Shannon for the whole thing. Shannon's
3: – Do we see Beckford play this game?
2: Very possible. We may see what he has. Um, no. I, Ian Atez I, I, may switch out. We'll see. I mean –
4: Maybe
1: as a sub? No.
2: As a sub? Maybe. No. Maybe to get but him a run. Me, out. The,
1: only, the only way that you're doing that is if you plan on using him in the playoffs, and and I hate to say this, I don't think San Antonio plans on using him in the playoffs unless there's an injury. Like I said, I know you're you're you, you're the Beckford fan club president. I, I got you. That's but. Fine,
2: where you need Deshane Beckford, and where he has shown you the quality, and where he has shown you the skill, is if you are chasing a goal late. That man will run his tail off to get you that goal. This is probably be
3: the that. this is, this would probably be the perfect game because uh, OC plays back. Yeah. You know, especially what they did to us last year, you know, we yep. were chasing a goal. So I think this might be a perfect game for him to play on this just to just Maybe. to get to get him, you know, just to get him some minutes, just in case if we all do fall like behind a game and we need that extra little factor in there to get us a goal. I think this would be a good game for him to play,
1: Rafa. Your thoughts on the Orange County match? I know you kind of already piggybacked a little bit yeah. on of Royce, but your your uh, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I think I think we have a similar
3: lineup what we did against Birmingham. It, you may it may be tweaked a bit. You know, you know we'll have. Um, and like I said, we'll have Jack up front and also uh, uh, Nacho. I think that I think those would probably be your two starting forwards. Um, your wings same uh, same thing with jordy and all of them it, it's gonna i think it's gonna be similar what we had i guess i mentioned like the last game uh with the difference maybe tanner in the back i think tanner gets some minutes on this one and then we'll, he will get probably get subbed off for uh, you know for something you know Salam will probably come in for him like on second half so uh, and i don't know do we you know do we, do we change keepers you know at the end of the half you know
1: you know unless no, wants to, you know if they unless we're gonna Jordy – if they gave up a goal I could see that but mm-hmm. remember yeah Jordan's already lost one clean sheet when when uh when uh Matt came in So yeah. you know when Matt came in he lost his eight, you know it's turned out to be his 18th clean sheet if he as long as he's got a clean sheet I don't see him coming out That's one I can see I can see that Your thoughts Matt? Uh I probably go with, with, with. I will. I'm,
4: it's a mixture of Royce and Rafa. I feel like they will do something similar to this last game and and throw a curveball here or there. But I like like you said, five, uh, Garcia, Tanner, and Mitch in the back. I do see that happening. Um, wings probably like how Rafa said. What was it? Salam and. Uh, it was uh, Jordy. I don't even think of Jordan. i uh, 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 honest, Amela, Yeah. I don't see Abu coming in. No, they're sitting out. Yeah. I feel like most of the starters are going to be sitting out. But it, like I said, it's going to be a curveball, but not so much. Because
3: uh, you got to remember, you got to remember Abu and PC and, and, and Maloney mm-hmm. have played probably the most minutes
4: of out of yeah. the team. Exactly. But I would like to see Jack do something. This game, I, I really want to
2: see that put, put it together. Like he, he had some good, he created some good chances in this past game. Yeah, maybe put it together and finally get your see, goal. I want to yeah?
4: see get something out of it.
2: Well, but. I, I will say the guy that has had the schneid on his back that needs a goal more than anybody ever is JD. And when when mm. JD scores, he scores in bunches. So watch out if JD gets the start. I found the two matches where we've had the exact same lineup. I did it. I am proud of myself. <laughs> it was this last Sacramento match at home where we beat them 1-0 and the New Mexico United match where we tied them 1-1. We had the exact same lineup. It was Sam and Bailone up top, and the midfield was Abu, PC, and Pirano. On the wings, you had Maloney on the left, Gomez on the right, and then the back line was Taintor, Kamiri, and Manly and then fars goalkeeper. Both of those games, same lineup. So,
1: I'm going to push back him. on all of you. I think San Antonio <laughs> comes out with a strong lineup in the first half with the starters, and then subs out. You know the the, 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 the five, the, the five, and goes. You know, goes, I, guess, goes, I, guess, I can I can see that happening too to give him some
3: momentum going into in the two weeks because you don't want them to be kind of like a rusty. So that's another possibility. I, I can see that. I mean, who knows? Maybe we see, uh, maybe a deer and probably may sit out. I can see Crotinio and maybe Dylan start this game. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you're going to see a couple, you know, I think you're going to see the the people that are on minutes like Pirano and Larrera. We know that's going to be a swap you know, your forwards are, you know, you know, they're pairing up where they're probably going to be a swap, but that, that's why I think I, I think for San Antonio FC, um, I believe they really want to get the, the clean sheet record. Um, so I think they're going to put up a, a pretty strong defensive defensive lineup, but I also think, and this is kind of a unique year where this is the first year that the, the first seed gets a buy. And I know, you know, Royce has talked about the veterans, maybe not so much needing to play, but, you know, I, I think we're going to fee- see a fairly strong lineup. I thought that against Birmingham I was wrong, so I may be wrong again. Uh, for that here, so which wouldn't be shocking. Anything on the Orange County before we move to the standings and then uh, talk about, unfortunately, the, the big USL news and, and go down that uh, that crap list of, of uh, events this past week. Hopefully, Orange County shines up that trophy for us. <laughs> <laughs> So, looking out east, uh, top seven are settled. However, order of placement is still uh, still wide open. Louisville's locked into the first. Memphis is locked into the second. Well, actually, what points does Louisville here. have? Uh, sixty nine. Nice. So they have sixty nine, and Memphis' maximum <laughs> the they can get is sixty eight. I'm <laughs> not falling for your trap. Uh, for that here, Rowdies technically could get to um, uh, possibly uh, second place. So I guess I can't say that's locked in because they do have two matches again, one against El Paso, and then you know a winnable match. I think on the last match, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Miami, the four, five, six, and seven, they'll sort it out. You know, it's what three points between the three of them. If I was a betting man, Miami's going to finish 7th, and who finishes 4th, 5th, or 6th, good luck. Uh, for that here, rounding out Indy, Tulsa, uh, Hartford, Loudoun, Charleston, Atlanta, and New York. So good rentals to New York and Atlanta. Gone um, fishing. Well, they're, they're gone, gone, because uh, they'll be an MLS <laughs> Next Pro next year. Loudon, um, hearing maybe back uh, just because of their stadium deal. So we'll see what happens with them. Out west, San Antonio, San Diego locked in one, two. Uh, Colorado Springs locked into third. Um, Sacramento's locked into four. Um, and then who's who's getting into the final? You know, there's basically four teams, five teams if you want to put Vegas in it. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really think so. Uh, RGV, Oakland, El Paso, New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico's got two matches. Uh, They play, uh, uh, you know, uh, G2, uh, LA Galaxy 2 um, at home as a makeup, and then they also play Colorado Springs at home, who really doesn't have anything to play for and will be playing the next week. So you're probably going to see a a rotated lineup for that. So to me, El Paso is the one that I think may miss uh, just for the fact that they play at the Rowdies tomorrow night. Tough place to play. Um, They lose the tiebreakers to New Mexico, Oakland, and RGV as well. So, um, tough break for El Paso and seriously loco. Um, and then rounding out the stadium, uh, standings, Vegas, Monterey Bay has two matches. So they technically have an outside shot. Um, LA Phoenix and OC are, uh, officially eliminated, uh, for that here. Um, sorry, rising fans, uh, but uh, you went down to RGV and, uh, they put you out to pasture. So, any thoughts on the uh, standings? Anything that surprises you? Don't surprises you.
2: It looks really nice. Like, can we just <laughs> keep that? Just that'll be the table forever. that will be nice. Uh, what's uh, what's? Uh, stop the count. Stop the count. Anyway,
1: um, idiot. Too early, my friend. Too. Early. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think San
3: Diego wants to play Oakland. Oakland. I don't think they want to play them. I. I, I think they want them to move up. Well, maybe even RGV too, because RGV could surprise San Diego. I think RGV's those are the two teams. Roll. Yeah, yeah, those
1: those two teams. I think San Diego do not does not want them on the seventh seed. New um, Mexico or El Paso, neither one of those scare me at this point. Mm-hmm. I
2: will say it's incredible that those five clubs at the bottom are vying for the last, and they're that close together. That's unbelievable. Yes. Um. I don't. I mean, not at the bottom. Bottom. I mean, n- the ones that are at the bottom that haven't been eliminated yet. Um, yeah. It's crazy how we've gone through this whole season and they're that tight together. Nuts. That's
1: well, you look at the point gap and it's not something that I don't think anybody's really talking about. San Antonio has won a very competitive West by at mm-hmm. least 16 points. Yep. That, that to me is something that's not being discussed is just how, you know, dominant. how dominant it's been. And, you know, San Antonio, you know, it's it's not like they haven't played anybody. They beat the fourth-place team on the road, the fifth-place team on the road, beat Detroit City in the first game, went to Miami on the road and beat them. Now, they did beat Loudon at home, Atlanta United at home, and uh, Charleston, Charleston at home. So they did have some uh, through here. The only loss they had on the road to the east was at Indianapolis, which uh, – for and they beat Tulsa because we played Tulsa as well, right? Yeah, we played mm-hmm. Tulsa as well. So – We've played four, five, six, you know, basically four through nine. The only loss is to, uh, you know, is to, to indie 11. So for San Antonio, they have done a great job. So now let's turn to the uh, unfortunate news of the week here. So let me get my cheat sheet here because I had to write this out here. So October 4th. Um, the uh, USL Championship came out saying that there was an open investigation into foul and abusive language on the field during USL Championship match between Monterey Bay and the Tampa Bay Rowdies on October 2nd. Uh, of course, USL strictly prohibits any form of harassment or discrimination on or off the field. Um, such actions are against the values of the USL, which may apply punitive measures for violations of this policy. So that came out. I um, Ed actually caught wind of this earlier. Uh, for that here um, with, you know, people that I know in Tampa and, you know, um, just throughout, you know, throughout the league here, heard some, th- some rumblings of it. Um, I think it took a little bit longer for, to well, it came out on a Monday afternoon. Uh, Monterey Bay put out a response on the 7th, uh, you know, Friday, um, announcing that the game against them and Tulsa also put out a statement that the match at Tulsa was being postponed. Uh, Monterey Bay Football Club's upcoming away match against FC FC Tulsa um, on Saturday will not be played as the players have voted to postpone the fixture in the midst of the USL Championships investigation into the racial language and gestures. Directly following the conclusion of the match on Sunday, October 2nd, uh, Monterey Bay Football Club is united in our stance against racism. So I have some points on that, but I won't bring those up as of yet. Um, then October 8th, I don't think I have it on here. Um, October 8th, uh, so that was the 7th. October 8th, they announced that they rescheduled the date for Tulsa, which is this Wednesday. So they postponed uh, the match against Tulsa. And from my you know, so just a little uh, discussion about that. From my understanding, Monterey Bay did not tell Tulsa until late Friday afternoon. And, of course, this dropped Friday at about 8.30. So there's some issues to me about the communication between Monterey Bay, Tulsa, and the league along those lines. And this is going to become a common theme. So on the 8th, they announced, hey, we're going to reschedule uh, reschedule the match. Um, yesterday on the 10th at around 7.35 uh, Central Time, uh usl uh came out with a announcement here um for that here it says the uh usl Championship announced that its investigation into allegations of racially discriminatory behavior following the usl championship match between monterey bay and tampa found that uh, rowdy's defender lawrence wilkie violated the zero tolerance related to any form of harassment or discrimination on or off the field as a result the usl championship has issued a 12 game suspension and an undisclosed fine to Wilkie. So I think most of us thought, hey, this is done. Uh, Monterey Bay released a statement saying, you know, the USL championship is used to use a 12-game suspension and an undisclosed fine to Tampa Bay Rowdies defender Lawrence Wilkie for violating um, through here. Um, six here. So the fellow from through here, basically re-echo- re-echoing what it did. So I think most of everybody was like, okay, hey, it's glad. We're glad it's out. I know Ralph's mob released a statement and then the St. at about 8:47. 47. um 9 is when it was released on their side here uh so uh, this is their disclosure if you click on rowdy soccer you can go through here but it's uh, through here it says the tampa bay rowdies have zero have been and always will be an organization that has zero tolerance policy against racism racism of any kind uh we take allegations against lawrence Wolk very seriously which is why we are appealing the suspension Uh, The USL has rushed to conclusion and issued a statement without providing us the full report. This uh, decision to suspend Lawrence Wilkie for an unprecedented 12 games double the amount of any previous suspension of this kind is unbecoming of the league and sets a dangerous standards for all players. We all know that there was a heated match between the two clubs last week and tensions rose after the match concluded. Words and gestures were exchanged. However, we dispute that there were any racial intent behind what Lawrence did that evening. There certainly was no racial abuse by Lawrence. We stand behind Lawrence because there is zero audio or visual evidence suggesting that he behaved in a racist manner. We stand behind Lawrence because several rowdy staff and players witnessed the events and confirmed the same. Uh, Most importantly, we stand behind Lawrence uh, because we know him to be thoughtful, individual and a caring teammate and a person who stands firmly against racism of any kind is appropriately de- uh, uh, devastated by these allegations and remorse that his actions have been interpreted to be racially insensitive. Um, if any of us at the Rowdies, coaches, teammates, executives believe there were to be any racial intent behind his actions, we would not have uh, or we, he would not have a spot on our roster. Uh, it's impossible or it is possible for us to support Lawrence while simultaneously appreciating and understanding that Monterey Bay has a different interpretation of the events that evening. This happens in soccer and in life on a frequent basis. When we see things differently, it is crucial that we try to come together and understand one another and our intentions. We are at at our best when we give our competition the benefit of the doubt, when we trust in intentions and provide ample space for forgiveness and understanding. There is an opportunity to do that here. Lawrence Wilkie and the Rowdies are deeply sorry that that his gestures mimicking the goal he scored on a header came across as racially insensitive and will do better next time. We are all on the same size issue, and we are deeply troubled that USL is not able to see as much. This is on top of the Yates report uh, in NWSL highlighting all the abuse that took place uh, in NWSL with, I think, what, at least three teams uh, that were reported, you know, uh, Louisville City, uh, or not New Racing Louisville, which is owned by Louisville City, so there is that USL connection. Um, North Carolina FC is also involved, which is in League One and and has been in part of USL for a long time. And then, of course, the Thorns out in Portland, and, and they're owned by MLS uh, for that here, um, which is you know for that here. So, lots to get into on this here. Um, Royce, we'll start with you first, um, just on your actions or, or part me, your thoughts on it's, it's an ugly situation for everybody. Um, to me, the Tulsa got impacted. They were supposed to have a cell, you know, a huge, one of their biggest crowds, you know, got moved from a Saturday to a Wednesday. They got impacted. Obviously the racial, um, Abuse uh, should not, you know, should not be tolerated by anybody, uh, no matter job, team, club, whatever. But also, I think uh, USL and the USL Players Association need to do something to be able to police the actions, and better yet, have an independent um, uh, investigation or, on this because, mm-hmm. obviously you've got two clubs. It's a, he, you know, he said, he said, um, at at this point and I, you know, it's, you know, I've, I've talked to people on both sides and, you know, it's as somebody that's in the middle, you know, We had the,
2: it's the same crap, different year. We had the exact same thing last season, um, with, uh, Colin, um, I can't think of Montgomery
1: or Martin, Colin Martin,
2: Martin. Yeah. Colin Martin being um, uh, verbally what, abused by um,
1: um, Fleming, Fleming, thank Fleming, you. Yeah.
2: Uh, junior Flemings. I was thinking junior Phoenix kinda. and
1: San Diego and where Donovan it was, basically, took the it was team off. basically
2: the same thing where the words the player was using, I guess, in whatever gestures context that he was saying wasn't, what was said but at the same time he used those words and those words to the player he was directing them at meant something different and i think we have the exact same thing going on with lawrence white here and oh that's not what i meant by those words well buddy you said them it's the and those words can be interpreted that's why i gotta watch what you're saying you you don't say and who knows what he said i, I don't know nobody knows except for those two. And apparently during the process of the investigation, the league thought um, it was bad enough to where, yeah, we need to do something unprecedented. Um, obviously throughout football in throughout the entire world, there's been a huge. Um, um, focus. A folk, I, I guess a focus. of I can't think of the word I want, but um a big policy to, you know, say no to racism, um, strike out racism or whatever they're saying. Um, So it's a big topic throughout world soccer. The league doesn't want to look bad for being soft on um, anything that could be interpreted as racist. So I think the league is doing what they need to do, honestly, um, and kind of coming down hard on this. I don't think they came down as hard on Junior Flemings for what he did, which kind of – basically the same thing but at the same time I think they got um, deservedly kind of drug for that um, for not being as strong as they should have against Jeremy Fleming for what he said against Colin Martin I think the league has learned the lesson from there and I think that's why they've come down Um, it's pretty incredible for the Rowdies that to come out and say oh no what our player our player had no intention of saying anything like that it's like it doesn't matter what the intention was dude it's how it was interpreted and it was interpreted to be racist and um there's no um there's no room for that in this game there's no room for that in this world get it out of here um and whatever you said don't say it ever again learn your lesson don't don't woe is me, don't play the victim. That's one of the big things that people of um, a certain ilk will do is they'll try to play victim whenever you call them out on their crap, whenever they are doing things that are wrong. Um, And it's kind of what you see with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay needs to come up with another statement and be like, look, after some thought, okay, uh, we accept.
1: Well, we don't know that. We'll learn
2: from it and we'll be better for it. And the big thing is be better from it. Learn from it. Be better from it. Um, And it's just kind of disappointing to see what Tampa Bay is doing. But that's my interpretation of it. And I would hope if a member of the team that I support were to say something racially insensitive or, or, you know, of something similar, I would hope that my club would say, no, what he said was interpreted to be wrong, and it's wrong. And he needs to learn from that. And in order to learn from that, he's going to sit out, yada, yada. Um, and, and go on from there instead of like you get standing by the player, but at the same time, it's no, no, I think that's the wrong call on their part. Uh, at the same rate, it sucks that Tulsa missed out on their game, but this is kind of a much bigger situation. Um, uh, and, and we'll see what happens going forward, but it's, it's just kind of the whole situation is disappointing. Honestly, it sucks.
1: To, to, to me, my issue with that, is it sounds like the rowdies don't believe the investigation. The investigation, from their view, was one-sided. That's that's what that's what I'm hearing. You know, that's what I'm hearing. You know, for, you know, from you know people that are too close to the rowdies, is they didn't talk to anybody on their side, um, and, and that's to me is where. I don't like the statement from the Rowdies where, Hey, he's a good person. He would never do that. You know, there was no racial intent, but how do, how do you interpret, interpret that? Especially when they acknowledge that it was a heated situation. Um, People, you know, sometimes say things inadvertently, even though they're not that type of person, but in a heated situation, sometimes yeah, you know, I've said things that I shouldn't have said. You know, just between me and my wife, and then I have to walk it back and apologize and and spend a couple of days on the couch. You know, along those lines here, where okay. you know, <laughs> you know, it was wrong, and, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but you know, when when you're in a heated situation, there are red cards. There was you know almost a fight at the end of this game. You know, the coach of the rowdies was flipping kids off, and and people there. Mm-hmm. To me. Go ahead. You gotta be
3: responsible for as a player. I I think I think they're just not putting any responsibility for his actions and like making excuses. I understand maybe yeah, the USO jumped the gun a little bit, maybe they could have thoroughly investigated a little bit more, you know, because 12 games is a lot of games. (laughs) It's a third of the season.
1: It's a third third of of, the
3: season. But you know, if you look what's going on in some of the situations like in Europe. You know, like one of the—I'll give you one example of the the Atlético Real Madrid game. The Atlético fans were making monkey sounds on Vinicius Junior. They were just giving a slap in the hand. I think USL is kind of seeing that. So you know what? We're not going to tolerate this BS. And you know, if they can do that. They're doing that in Europe. We're not going to—you know—we're not going to tolerate it here. And I, I think that's—you know—we have. I think the league itself has to be more firm on that and explain mm-hmm. to the teams we're not going to tolerate this. But it's also your responsibility. For your players to watch their actions and so forth. Because, like I said, words do matter. Regardless of its intentional or not, words do matter to a person as if it's directed to them.
1: Matt, your thoughts on it?
4: I I think USC as a whole kind of jumped it majorly. Because when I, once I saw that report uh, or notification come out that there was uh, an incident. I went back to the game and I watched the whole game to see where, where did it fall. And like I like me and Rafa had a discussion earlier today, they jumped the bomb on the supporter, uh, the, the group for Monterey. I heard the, the P chant multiple mm-hmm. times uh, towards the end. And I, I'm thinking, well, you're going to get mad at a player for doing one thing, but you can hear pretty clear through the mic something else going on where's where's the punishment on that
3: see that's where the USO needs to punish the the fans of moderate bay and ban, and ban that's the club the club yeah, ban- the, yeah. Fans,
4: the club yeah punish yeah. when they're not happy fans at a game and but, and and like i said if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna slap the hand on on one one person you gotta evenly distribute it out it it doesn't seem right that like how the 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 loyal situation, he got what six
1: games, something like that. Yeah, this one's getting twelve. I. It's a it's, different time, though. It, it, the length of the suspension doesn't bother me because you've got to make you can't because Roy, Royce is gotta right. Are, you got to make the point. You got to make it where, uh, you know where 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 where. Where it impacts them, to me, where I want to go to next is how how how, how can USL and the USLPA because let's be honest, this is both of them they've got to come together, kind of police this. Darius mentions players you know already wear GPS, might as well start wearing mics too and have firm evidence for any time this may come come up. Which to me, I th- you know and, and I tweeted this out. I think in order to help police this. Not necessarily mics on players, but the entrances to and from or you know, or outside of the locker room, there needs to be cameras. There needs to be microphones because that's that's where this happened, from my understanding, is more off the pitch in, in the locker room area where there was not any video evidence. Now, I also don't think that, you know, Tampa's excuse uh, or not, not excuse Tampa's statement saying, hey, there's no video evidence or audio evidence. To me, that's a cop out. Um, you know, you know, you know, for that here, if, if there are witnesses that heard it, you know, for that here, to me, that's, you know, in their, in their credible uh, witnesses, to me, you don't need the actual visual, visual proof to do it. That that statement rubs me the wrong way entirely. Royce, uh, your thoughts on how USL can kind of try to police this because you know, you know, these are human beings. These are young players uh, that sometimes, you know, we've seen it uh, lose, um, lose their head a little bit, I guess you could say Uh, for that here, lose their temper Um, and a lot of different backgrounds, uh, you know, you know, through that here, as, as far as nationalities and stuff like that. So your thoughts on the ways that USL can try to, help police it. And to me, more importantly, help to be able to investigate it to where you don't have this. He said, you know, he said type of situation.
2: Right. Um, And like, like I was saying earlier um, and like Rafa said, the players need to hold themselves to a higher standard. The clubs need to hold the players to a higher standard and the whole league is trying to hold everybody to a higher standard. That's what this um, 12 game suspension is showing that they're not, they're not messing around. This is, like I said, it's been a huge um, implementation of, you know, no room for racism in in soccer. And this is just, this is showing it. Um, There really isn't. Um, And what the Tampa Bay Rowdy is coming out and saying, oh, there's no recording of it. What that tells me is that if the word, they don't want to directly say what was said because they know what was said but they think if most people were to hear what was said they'd be like oh that's all he said that's not racist but at the same time that doesn't matter it's how it's interpreted and what he said was obviously interpreted as being racist the league knows what he said and what's pr- most likely what most likely happened because of the 12 game suspension and the evidence that we have based on everything the league knows what was said. The players know what was said. The coaches know what was said. But Tampa, but Tampa Bay, like I said, they think that most people hearing it would think it was innocuous, much like the double B phrase that Fleming said against Colin Martin. So, A lot of people would hear that and be like, oh, that's not – that's not – Um. um Anti what? what's what's the word I want Good lord I can't think It's late man it's late um, Homophobic there we go That's not homophobic that, that BB phrase that he said That's not homophobic Well guess what Yeah it is dude You can't call people that Especially if they happen to be You know And it's the same thing If you're going to call somebody something And they're of a certain You got to take responsibility for your words Take responsibility And that's the biggest thing And it's obvious that the team's not um, standing up for it, and it's disappointing that that was the statement that they released.
1: Your thoughts, Rafa, or any more thoughts?
3: Just uh, like what Roy said, you know, it's we we have to help hold people accountable for their actions, and I think even even like even even today, I don't want to get into politics, but even the political atmosphere. You know, things are being said, stuff like that, and 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 that's a we don't want that to be a reflection on the soccer field. The soccer field is supposed to be a safe haven for the players and so forth to come together, enjoy the sport. But you know, we're seeing a lot more of this, especially like I said, we've seen this, we're seeing it in Europe now. We're seeing this, you know, especially with the World Cup coming up too. You know, reason to you know tolerate this this BS and you know, to make excuses like that. And I understand, you know, maybe the – was the investigation rush? Maybe a little bit. Maybe they could have taken a little time. But still, whatever he said should have never been said on the field in the first place. I think maybe also kind of policing it, maybe having more officials, game officials, hey, we'll stay there, what's going on, escort the teams into the locker rooms and make sure nothing's going on. And that's said because if this one, something does to come up, they're, you know, we have officials there that can, you know, be – be witnesses of to what's going on, and just to kind of keep an eye, making sure everything you know, everything runs smooth at, before, during, and after the games, and so forth. So, I think USO needs to look into more of that. How can we make this into a better environment?
1: And I'll say this I've had a you know, when they announced on Friday, um, the Tulsa match being rescheduled, um, you know, I came out saying, Hey, that to me, in my opinion, that was a wrong decision. Um, Chris Walker uh, of um, uh, uh, striking, uh, not striking Texas, uh, Seeking Strike uh, Podcast out of New Mexico reached out to me, um, and and we had kind of a, a discussion on it. And he's like, "There's you know, you know, you know, we're not we're not black, so we're, you know, we're not black players. We don't know you know along correct. those lines here, correct?" Um, and he was like, "The one thing you you know that I don't understand." is it's not only just this incident it's the it's it's the history that's came through and uh brandon miller uh if you follow if if you if you read his uh uh, tweet out he put out a a multiple thing here but i'll just read the first one here uh he's at dvo uh two six um he's one of the one of the all-time greats of usl goalkeepers uh, that played for charlotte independence and i think you know he, he He's touching on something that I can't speak on to, but I think it, it, it to me, it opened up my eyes in where he mentioned, um, let me just do this here so I can give him credit here, uh, telling black players, specifically ones that have, uh, who've endured racial abuse while playing in the USL before to give the benefit of the doubt is absolutely, you know, he did an emoji. Uh, they decided to put the onus on the black player to be a better instead of simply telling their players not, uh, not to do what he did. Um, Tampa, if you want to support your players, then do that, but don't ever think it's my job to give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to perceived racism. It's your job to educate uh, your players. The statement was garbage for multiple reasons, and then he goes on from there. To me, I think that's that. That's from a point of view that um, I don't think USL uh, you know, comes across very well at um, before that here, and like I said, Brandon Miller, and there's there's the other Hugh Roberts who is in uh, Monterey Bay, uh, which is one one of the outstanding leaders uh, in in USL uh, for that here. And, and so, to me, that's something that if you go through and read Brandon's, you know, he you know, it's what six seven uh, six seven uh, uh, tweet. Uh, you know, if you you know, click the view and reader, it makes it all nice. But to me, I think that's an interesting perspective. One that I can't relate to, um but I think that that does highlight just how bad I understand Tampa bay has a right to um, to appeal the decision, but the statement that they come out, you know you know came out with just set the wrong tone and you know I just put wow uh, on the statement because that is not something that I would have expected from Tampa bay rowdies because they are historically, and they are, to be fair, they are historically a leader uh, in, in, in the community. You know, they do the right things uh, for that here, but for this statement here, you know, even if you think you're, you know, even if you think you're right, it's, it exactly. just was, it just wasn't the, it wasn't the right tone. And in, in, especially in the environment that we're in coming off the Yates report of NWSL, it, it, it was just tone deaf to, uh, to me here. Uh, Matt, any any comments that you have? Uh, I know you've kind of piped in a little bit, but uh, you haven't had the floor yourself. I'm, I'm just – it's the way,
4: like, how we put towards our national players. We don't want them to do anything. You're, you're representing a country. These players are representing a city. You don't want – and just like how Royce had that comment from that one uh, – uh, is it Legion? No, it's not Legion. It's a uh, Pittsburgh player or Pittsburgh fan. You don't want nobody to, to downsize your home, uh, your hometown, or a city you would like to represent, and somewhere else. We're we're all we're supposed to represent our city. It's like saying the Crocketeers Mission City. We all went to RGV. We gotta represent who we are from San Antonio. If we went to California, we have to represent who we are as. As our as our club, of course, what was well, whatever was said, shouldn't 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 have been said flat. No if ands, no buts. You can't copy it, paste it. Nothing, shouldn't have been said. Um, I I just hope that the rowdies do hold that higher standard as they're claiming, and they do they do tell this player, hey, if this appeal don't work,
1: you're getting what you deserved. In in a sense. So normally, so I think we use that time unless you guys want to go longer, and we were already at an hour and a half here.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. My wife texted me. I had time to go. Uh, so we're just
1: going to jump to final thoughts. No, well, uh, no more laps on
2: that sensitive <laughs> subject. But I just got a text, and she's uh she sent me a very angry Jerry the mouse, um, not being able to go to <laughs> sleep. Uh, get.
1: Royce yeah. is heading to the couch if he doesn't get off soon. That's so, um, <laughs> uh, fi- final, uh, you know, we'll do you first, Royce, so that way you can jump off. Uh, your final thoughts uh, uh, that you have for you know for this week.
2: So um, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Um, I was lucky enough to see Albert Pujols' final home run of his career, number seven hundred three. Um, and I got to see Yachty one last time. Um, Those are two first ballot Hall of Famers, Um, and it's uh, a little bit of baseball history as um, their career ended um, a couple days ago and a little shorter than I wanted it, but at the same rate, it's been incredible watching those two, um, luckily on my team, but just watching them in general. I mean, Albert Pujols passed, babe ruth for most rbis ever um with that home run so when you're breaking babe ruth's records when you're breaking all those records it's 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 been incredible um and he's one of a kind and one of the best people like earlier they uh they said that you know kayler said that jordan farr's the nicest guy you could ever meet albert's the nicest guy you could ever meet at the same rate um Incredible people, and it's been – it was great watching them. Um, I'm going to miss them, watching them on the field, and looking forward to seeing them in a managerial role. Uh, But at the same time, let's go SAFC. Keep this thing rolling. Let's go, boys.
1: Okay, Harry, Harry. Royce, have a good evening. Matt, you're next. Uh, Final thought, Uh, I would like to say just –
4: Let's fill that stadium up guys i mean whether it be uh friday saturday sunday we we got a winning team we need we need that stadium filled up and show those guys support um she, that there's nothing more i I'm, I can't express how passionate I, I really want that that field to be filled up and to show the proper love that these guys are kind of not getting what they deserve So that's, that's my, my, my final thought. Rafa. Uh, My final
3: thought. Well, happy belated birthday yesterday to my grandfather, Francisco turned 94. Hopefully for many more. That's my dad was my dad's dad. So glad to have, you know, I still have him. I don't know. He had a a great birthday. Doesn't look 94. So, so he, he still looks good. And then uh, my final thought is, you know, the, the whole thing with this, you know, with situations with it, what's going on, you know, I, th- I think U.S. Soccer Federation really needs to look at herself in the mirror and really fix a lot of these things. And and, and it's kind of starting to get a little out of control. And it's a black eye, especially for us, for the U.S. to be hosting the World Cup after Qatar. You know, there's a lot of things that need to, to change and need to fix because we want to have a Super World Cup, you know, in the next in, 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 like I said, 2026. So a lot of things need to change. And also, shout out to Real Madrid. Get that, got that tie in the last minute. Oh, my God. It was a little brutal. with Rüdiger getting that. And if you watch the replay, he got busted open on that play. It looked – I don't know if you got a concussion or not, but you got that goal. And Clásico on Sunday, hopefully we'll take care of of Barcelona. Uh, and I don't know what this whole thing with Mbappe – Crying like, crying like a little girl. Now he wants to be out of PSG. More drama so we'll see what happens out of that after the World uh, <laughs> there, Cup.
1: There's, there's always drama on, on player movements. So my final thought's going to be kind of uh, tied into what we just talked about. Um, we all come from different backgrounds. We all uh, you know are of different race. Um, use these moments as education as learning. Um, you know, like, you know, I appreciate Chris Walker reaching out to me and and saying, Hey, this, this is why, this is why he didn't say I was wrong, but he's like, Hey, this, you know, you're not coming from where I was coming from was my point of view and yeah, not necessarily wrong, but also I'm not looking at it from their point of view uh, along those lines here. So, just be open to what other people's thoughts or interpretations can be because why, while, while what you put may not be, may not, may not be wrong. It may not be right either. And and I think that was the, one of the biggest things that I learned. And, and, you know, I know Twitter's, you know, Twitter's Twitter, but to me, it can be a great Avenue to be able to educate yourself and, and social media and life in general. Um, you know I'm 50 uh, I'll admit you know I grew up in, in Western Colorado I didn't see my first African American or, or black individual until I was a senior in high school It just it, 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 you know didn't through, you know didn't through me um, just wasn't wasn't around where, where I was at um, and the education that I've been able to, to learn you know from the military you know through working careers and stuff like that, it's still something that I work on every day, um, you know, for that here, just to be able to understand the history of, of other of other individuals and, and their experiences that they went through. And, and I went through experiences that they haven't went through. Um, but I think if everybody can kind of take a step back and, and learn and be open and, and to me, that's the biggest thing is be open to hearing the other side. You may not agree with everything. You may disagree with some things. And, and that's life but at least be open. And, and if we as a society can kind of tone it down and, and be more accepting of each other, you know, no matter what the situation is, we're going to be in a much better place than, than where we're at right now. Um So to me, my final thing here is, is just number one, be nice, be careful of what you say. Um, and number three, be open to hearing other people. And I think that's an extremely uh, important facet that as a society, we don't necessarily do on that, on that third one that where we're open to other individuals, uh, thoughts and, and ideas and experiences. So I know we went a little long, uh, so appreciate anybody that's still watching, uh, on here. Uh, this will be uploaded, uh, probably later on this evening. Uh, Royce, thank you. I know you've already dropped off Matt. Thank you. Rafa, enjoy your time down, uh, down, down at the border, uh, for that here in the um tacos better down there than San Antonio? Uh,
3: uh, that. You can be honest, man. And, I mean, as long, uh, as long as it's not El Paso, uh, we're fine. They're, they're better, they're better than El Paso. I can tell you that. <laughs> as
4: as that. long as I don't
3: hear El Paso and Austin's tacos are better than
4: that, that. that them in our here in RGB, R- yeah. San Antonio <laughs> <laughs> is a little
3: bit, hard. but they don't really so, but it's all good, it's all good food, so. I'm gonna get to try to more some of that. Even though I had a concert come up to me and say, "Hey, you look, you look, you lost weight. You look skinnier." I'm like what? <laughs> well, thank I'm you. Sure. The, the sure. proper you. response <laughs>
1: is thank you. <laughs> thank you.
3: <laughs> so I do my my do feel a lot looser now.
1: <laughs> but what's life without goals? We're out of here. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Uh, if you can, please uh, obviously make it out to Toyota Field. Also, if you haven't got tickets to the match on the 28th, which is a Friday night at 7.30, uh, please go to, was it, standin um, and Master. get your tickets, uh, Ticket Masters through there, and get the tickets because we want to have that stadium sold out, especially for the playoffs, and that that is Friday, uh, the 28th, uh, October 28th at 7.30, most likely the first match of the second round here. So I hope everyone has a wonderful evening, and what's life without goals?